Fanden. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. Action. What's going on, everyone? This is Restaurant Fiction. My name is Monis Rose, and what we do is we talk, we take a deep dive, we chat it up about every single fictional restaurant, bar, and club in TV and film. We talk about said restaurant, bar, and club, and we get to it, and we talk to not only the filmmakers, not only the uh, fans, not only the critics, but people who really know a thing or two about said fictional restaurants, bars, and clubs in TV and film. It is November. We are getting ready for that gobble-gobble, that turkey day, because Halloween is over. Hope you filled your yummy tummies with something yummy in that tummy. It doesn't make sense. Nothing ever does. Anyway, what is the fictional bar we are talking about today? Well, we are going to talk about Volpe's Bar and Grill in the Martin Scorsese film Mean Streets. And we are not only just going to talk about the drink, we're not just going to talk about the ambiance, but we are going to talk about music. And there's no one, no one better to talk about the music and why the music makes even a fictional bar, of course a real bar, but a fictional bar that much more authentic than Dan Wilcox. Who is Dan Wilcox? Well, he is DJ, music supervisor for Southern California's amazing, LA's amazing local radio station, KCRW. He hosts a show from 6 to 8 p.m., plays past, present, and future of the best and the brightest every Saturday, 6 to 8 p.m., Dan Wilcox. Dan Wilcox is not only a music supervisor and DJ for KCRW, but also he is a music supervisor for some of the best streaming and mainstream shows and movies out there. That's right. He most recently did Werewolves Within. He did a food show on Netflix called Street Food, as well as uh, Mochi and Waffles, or is that the uh, Waffles and Mochi? I forget, but it's the uh, Michelle Obama, I think, produced one. And it's a kid's show, but he also, he does all kinds of music. But of course, even though he knows uh, music for all of those movies, he especially knows the needle drops to Volpe's Bar and Grill in the Martin Scorsese film Mean Street. So before we chat with Dan, Restaurant Fiction had the pleasure of going back in time and plugging or choosing one of our past reviews of Volpe's Bar and Grill. Here is the review of Volpe's Bar and Grill from the Martin Scorsese film Mean Streets and our fireside chat, our conversation, our little dialogue with Dan Wilcox. Go. There is a quote. There is a quote, and it goes like this. It goes, and I want to get this right, so I'm reading it. You don't make up for your sins in church. You do it in the streets. You do it at home. All the rest is BS, and you know it. (laughs) Guys, that is the doctrine of Mean Streets. Mean Streets, where is Mean Streets? Mean Streets is in Little Italy, Manhattan, circa 1973. Now, for us at Restaurant Fiction, uh, we don't make up for our sins in church. We don't make up for our sins on the streets or at home. We do it in a bar. And the bar is called 
Volpe's Bar and Grill. You see, it's it's a bar that once inside is this devilish red. It's a real viscous cigarette haze where you could dance with a stripper. You can play pool. You could see a shootout and you can even see someone shoot himself up with heroin. You see now, judge <laughs> restaurant fiction if you must, because, you know, we find solace in places like this because this is our duty you know we've been going to places like this way before keith herring and uh, jean-michel basquiat uh, infiltrated this section of new york of the 80s you see once you're past that cigarette haze your eyes adjust on a bunch of 20-something brooding young Italian-American men who are just like harnessing that rage to stick a fight. And they're meshing with sailors and grifters and, you know, women of the night of all kinds. Just pure uh, uh, sleaze, if you will, yet also, uh, you know, no-collar, blue-collar, and salt of the earth all mixed in. So... What entices though? What is the unique selling proposition of uh, Volpe's? Why do we at Restaurant Fiction go in, go back, or have went back over and over again? Well, the answer is quite simple, and it's the jukebox. You see, the jukebox has this omniscient power, this omniscient power to play a track that is your song. You see, every single character, especially the main character, and we're all stories in our own story of life, has that song to make it known. You see, for instance, it, it could be the Rolling Stones. It could be, you know, 1950s classics like Johnny Ace or The Shells. But this this jukebox, you know, it goes in, it, it really plays a song that uh, transcends your mental and physical state. There is no other jukebox in all of new york like this jukebox it gets under your skin and in your blood so anyway what were we saying we're basically saying if you have morals and a conscience don't go to uh volpe's bar and grill if you have any inkling of guilt whether it be religious guilt whether it be inner like god-fearing parental guilt from your childhood don't go but if you do make that faustian pact well, uh, go inside because there's going to be a smile on your face and good music to hear. All right. Well, that is our little quick review of Volpe's Bar and Grill from the 1973 Martin Scorsese film Mean Streets. We are talking to music supervisor Dan Wilcox. Dan, uh, what was uh, your what's your opinion on that review? What's your opinion on Volpe's Bar and Grill from <laughs> Mean Streets? What's your take on it? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Oh, wow. Uh... Well, it, it, hearing that description makes me, first thing I've thought of is it makes me want to like fire up a Pall Mall or something and just blow some smoke rings in, into the air <laughs> because that, that's exactly the kind of scenario that you see in this place. I think you nailed it. It's, it is very, I mean, that's the thing that I was sort of struck by. I think first time I saw the movie is just how dark it is in there. And, um, you know, I like a good dark dive bar as well, but then it has that really blood red kind of coloration to it that also adds to the, the seediness and sleaziness. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you summarized it pretty well. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah. And it is, it is very red. Yeah. Everything is 
smoking and smoky. Yeah, like I know you said you grew up on the nice streets of uh, Wisconsin, but what what in your own life uh, was that mean streets bar, if you will? Like what what not just was that, but also what bar had that killer also soundtrack? Oh God. Well, let's see. So I, yeah, like you said, I grew up in Wisconsin, very bar centric kind of place to, to be. I mean, there were more, I'm pretty sure there are more bars per capita than any state in the, in the, in the union. So Eau Claire, definitely where I grew up, lots of bars, college town. So, you know, it's a little bit extra, but then when I went to school. I went to also went to school in Milwaukee, went to Marquette. I went to in Wisconsin, I should say, went to Marquette in Milwaukee. And that is, you know, just jam packed. And, you know, there wasn't anything that I could compare certainly aesthetic wise or clientele wise with, but, you know, there was um, some places that were really dark and kind of dingy and dirty. I mean, that's the thing about the, about, Volpe's. And so, yeah, I mean, certainly where I grew up, there's nothing, anything close to that. You know, they, they were sort of bar slash maybe like strip clubs, but that's, this is such a, you know, Volpe's is such a strange mix of, it's like, it's a bar. I'm assuming it's bar and grill. So I'm assuming there's food there as well. They try to kind of make it sort of classy by the, you know, like there's the scene where they have a coat check girl, <laughs> which that suggests some you know at least they're trying to be some you know have a certain amount of class to it but you know then there's also like junkies shooting up in the bathroom there's people getting shot there's a fucking live tiger <laughs> in the you know in a cage in the back like so that's all way too exciting for any of the kinds of places that I grew up in but the the closest thing that I can kind of think of just in terms of like kind of darkness and sort of seediness was this place that was up the street from Marquette called the Harp and Shamrock. And what was interesting about the Harp and Shamrock, it was dirty. They did have like real low ball kind of bar food. You could get, you know, probably like a burger or greasy fries. Had a couple pool tables, which which is like a very Wisconsin or maybe even an East Coast thing. Very oddly, not a lot of pool tables and bars out here in LA, mm-hmm. which I, I immediately noticed when I moved out here in, back in 2000 that I seemed to miss. But what, what was interesting about the Harp and Shamrock is it was a, this place that it opened at six in the morning. And so what you would kind of do is sort of a rite of passage with a lot of you know degenerates at, at Marquette, of which there were many, you would open the Harp, which meant you would stay up all night partying and then at six in the morning, you know, you would trot down and it was a little bit of a, you know, it was probably maybe 10 blocks away or so. So it was always this like very adventurous, <laughs> even getting there and you would go and you would open up the bar. You would, you would get there at six o'clock in the morning. And there was always like this, oftentimes there was this like group of hardcore alcoholics, like really guys Jones in shaking, you know, out in front. and it and it didn't bother any of us as like these young students at the time. Now that I think about it, it's like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe this is like a regular thing that we would do. But yeah, they would let the the people would line up, they'd open up the door at six and then they would have, um, 
you know, and then you could just keep your, keep your drink on. And then you would, you know, it would be that thing where very dark inside and occasionally the door would fly open and, you know, the light would hit you like a, like a, you were a vampire or something. It was just always so strange when you then eventually had to exit the bar, go out and wander around drunk in the streets at, you know, eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Am I revealing too much about myself in this? No, this, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I and, mean, we, we will not be sending this to the uh, tourism board of Wisconsin. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I don't even know if it exists quite <laughs> honestly, but the, the Marquette that, that I went to in the early nineties is very different than the Marquette of today, but, and they did have a jukebox, not anywhere near as good as the jukebox at Volpe's. This was a jukebox that had terrible, you know, what I would say sort of new country at the time. So if it was, if we're talking about, you know, 93, 94, 95, like this, it would be country music of the eight, like the, maybe the late eighties or, mm. or not anything that I liked, but the one good thing that they would have on and this was like old jukebox like i think 45s right so it would be that old school a side b side the one good thing that they had was johnny cash they had two johnny cash seven inches or you know so it'd be like four songs one of them was ring of fire and so if you wanted to put music because it was a little too depressing in there to not have music so if you want to have music that you could tolerate you would put these johnny cash songs on and to this day, when I hear the intro to Ring of Fire, those horn, those kind of like, you know, Tijuana brass horns that, you know, the I, I have a weird Pavlovian <laughs> response that makes me feel like I'm inebriated because that's you would hear that song over and over. You know, if you were there for two hours, you, you could maybe hear that song easily 20 times. <laughs> so there's a lot of differences but that's about the closest thing i can think of very dark smoky you could smoke in the bars back then of course and a lot of degenerates so yeah that's that's fairly close before we go into the soundtrack when i asked the bar from me streets was the first bar you chose dan so you know what resonates with you about volpe's bar and mean streets I was really drawn to the the soundtrack. You know, it's great in Goodfellas as well, but there's you kind of got the sense of being a Scorsese fan at this time is like that's that's the movie where he really got his groove of creating that trademark sort of soundtrack where you're mixing could be kind of classic rock or Motown or you know Italian ballads. It's it's you know it's really one of the early kind of powerhouse music movies where you're using pop music for Scorsese, but I think it just in general at all, right? I mean, you had something like Easy Rider maybe a few years earlier, but that was all kind of like one thing, like, you know, hippie sort of rock and roll music from that era. You had smaller things like Medium Cool, where they used a lot of Frank Zappa songs and, and stuff. But, but, but as far as like the varied soundtrack that would become like such a thing as starting in the 70s and certainly in the 80s and 90s you got the power of scorsese's musical choices in his movies 
there's the who's that knocking at my door movie that came before that and i think that has some uses has a few moments of that but it's not as well crafted as in mean streets so that to me is like the ultimate incredible use of music in a movie kind of a thing and then it has those great sequences you know where he's like the rolling stones tell me where it's that shot of behind harvey Keitel, and he's kind of grooving through the bar and you get that's where you kind of get the sense of like what this place is what the clientele is this weird mix of like it's a bar and kind of a strip club but it's like ladies and pasties just kind of very lazily dancing around, you know, on a <laughs> tiny stage. Like it's just a strange thing. So it, you know, and then there's so many of these other great scenes that are all soundtracked to the music that is happening in there, which is that kind of like Scorsese's very well discussed blueprint of Motown and uh, old doo-wop music, you know, from the fifties and sixties kind of classic rock from that era rock and roll music from that era like stones and derrick and the dominoes and that kind of stuff and it's and it's unforgettable you know i mean it's just so well selected and so unique you know that whole thing that he does where there's the certain violent sequences that'll happen but yet it's soundtracked by please mr postman you know or some some other kind of motown hit that's very upbeat and chipper and it's this weird like what is going why does this work so well it shouldn't work so well why is this so effective and and he's been doing it oh you know he's been doing it ever since your favorite movie soundtracks you have said are valley girl uh you really mm-hmm. enjoy from your last radio broadcast you really like basquiat the soundtrack in uh julian schnabel's uh basquiat like what makes not just a good movie soundtrack or a good tv sound uh show sound but a great one you know mm. what is what is that recipe pun intended with restaurant fiction well, you know, I don't know if there is any kind of like blueprint to it because all of those examples are, are very different films. You know, if I have to say what is the kind of greatest film soundtrack, the greatest use of existing music, part of me, I always want to go for these more sort of highbrow, kind of critically acclaimed sort of movies like like Mean Streets would be a great example or Basquiat, you know, Children of Men is another one where I think soundtrack is just absolutely exceptional. But if I had to be honest, I would say Valley Girl. Valley Girl is unique in that it is this very specific place and time, but the selections, the ideas, the way that the music is cut into the film, the choices that they make are all just aligned with the stars and and they're everyone is so memorable and just indelible in your brain upon seeing that seeing it and that music is certainly much different than any of those other examples that um i gave where it's like that very specifically time stamped kind of place and time early 80s new wave and and kind of pop music but it's just also well chosen i mean so i think that's where it starts is is kind of like what is a choice that you're making that has an overall vision that is so in tune to the sequence and the, the the imagery that you're showing and the mood that you are creating that it makes that pairing indelible and and undeniable and unforgettable in a way that now when you you know when i hear 
million miles away or you know what's that song the modern english i melt with you you know it's on sometimes we listen to like you know k earth or like one of those radio stations around the house like when i hear that it's just immediately i'm drawn within the world of that film and then you know same thing goes if i hear please mr postman i think about them like wrestling around on a pool table or or you know goodfellas is another example when i hear uh, layla you know the ha- second half of layla like it's those images of all that sequence of the dead bodies and they they're finding that un- amazing sequence it's just that's they've they've created something that withstands the test of time beyond what just the image or the music could do it's just that perfect pairing so that's that's to me what what makes a movie movie soundtrack great thank you dan that was fucking awesome you are welcome back Every time, every single time, all of the time. Now, if you want to listen more to Dan, if you want to learn more of Dan, well, guess what? Listen live to his radio show Saturdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KCRW. If you do not already have it preset at 89.9 and you live in the L.A. or L.A. County area, Or if you do not, well, guess what? Download the app, the KCRW app. Go online at KCRW. There you can listen at your leisure anytime you want to all of Dan Wilcox's amazing radio shows where he not only plugs the mainstream, but also the unsung heroes and everyone in between. That's all awesome music. And of course, you can know more about Dan and follow him on Twitter, which is at this is Dan Wilcox. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode and you either want a prequel or a sequel or a spinoff or whatever you want to call it, we review The Terminal Bar, which was from the Martin Scorsese film After Hours with Dan's wife. Maggie. We're not going to tell you which episode is better or which episode is more enhanced. We're just going to let you decide. Have fun with that. All right. My name is Monis Rose. This is Restaurant Fiction. And now, as always, keep it real, keep it fresh, and keep it on the flip side. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant? Bar.